Welcome to this month's Tactical Asset Allocation. I'm joined by Mayank Markande, one of our Senior Portfolio Managers, and also Sheldon McDonald, our Deputy CIO. Welcome both. So Mayank, maybe we can start with an overview of our views this month, what's happened, what's changed. So this month we have, from an overall risk level, remained unchanged from last month. If you recall, we were moderately underweight risk from an equity perspective, and we remain the same going into this month. From fixed income perspective, we are neutral on duration, uh, which is the same position that we had last month. And in terms of digging into that in a little bit more detail, although we're moderately underweight in equities, have we changed our position from a country perspective? Yes, we have. We've moved from underweight, moderately underweight on UK equities back to neutral on UK equities. We've taken that decision based on the fact that we think the biggest risk that we had seen, the tail risk of a no-deal Brexit, seems to be diminishing now. We saw Parliament very clearly expressing their preference for no deal to be taken off the table. At the same time, there's a strong valuation argument for UK equities as well. UK equities are very undervalued relative to other equities around the world. So based on those two, move to neutral. And the undervaluation in the equity space, is that based on the view that we think it will mean revert or is there the potential that actually earnings could fall quite drastically should we have a negative Brexit outcome? So could it be a justified valuation? So UK equities are cheap primarily because of the Brexit premium. People are concerned about Brexit and what it will do to growth and rightly so because we've seen leading up to the Brexit, you know, UK growth has materially deteriorated and, you know, it makes sense that people are concerned about equities. Hence, from valuation perspective, UK hasn't participated uh, to the same degree as US. Part of it is the earnings story. The earnings are not as strong in the UK versus the US, but most of it is because of Brexit. So although Brexit, the risk is reduced, with the election coming up, potentially we could end up with a very different parliament in by the end of this year. We Does certainly... that risk still potentially come back at some point? Uh, it's something obviously we'll keep our eye on going forward. Uh, things are changing all the time. Uh, certainly in the last couple of weeks we've been We've come to see that uh, play out completely. So we'll certainly keep our eye on that. Regardless of what happens on the political front, uh, there still is this valuation argument for holding UK equities. And in the other regions, how are we positioned? Pretty much neutral across the board everywhere else except for Europe. We remain underweight, moderately underweight in Europe. This really is, again, for a number of factors. Number one is there's risk there, political risk. But chiefly, it's the economic argument there. We have seen very much weaker growth there. Europe has been impacted by the ongoing trade war. The heart of Europe, Germany, is a big trading nation, impacted by the the lower levels of growth in trade. We've seen German manufacturing production and other indicators really pointing towards quite a sharp risk of a recession uh, in that region coming through. And could we potentially see a positive outcome on trade for Germany? Should we see something positive come from the US-China conversations that are happening at the moment? Certainly that would be positive for Germany. On the other hand, and there's question marks around uh, Europe being the next target of trade sanctions or trade war fears and tariffs uh, imposed by the US. So there's risk there as well. So we mentioned the US and trade. Can we maybe just do an update on where we stand? So US will remain neutral. We like the US corporate. We believe, uh, you know, in terms of at least the earnings story, it's, it's the most positive. From a valuation perspective, however, US is expensive. We can't get away from that. Um, but I think the earnings is there to support the relative valuation premium that US has over the rest of the world. Secondly, the macro story, while it's weaker, is a lot stronger compared to Europe 
and the UK. So the GDP print that just came out in the US, surprised to the upside, but it is lower. You know, US GDP is at 2%, close to a 2% trend growth rather than 3%. It was 12 months ago. Can we also see further benefits from the recent cut in rates from the Fed? In fact, that is probably one of the biggest drivers of the reversal in fortune for US equities that we've seen this year. You know, the Fed, if you think back to 2018, um, you know, it was in a hawkish bias, which meant that it was aggressively raising rates. And, you know, the Fed's kind of learned from its mistakes of last year because it caused a 20% sell-off in US equities in Q4. So this year, it's actually reversed that policy and cut interest rates three times. They were quite clear in their sort of follow on from this latest cut that potentially they w- there won't be a fourth cut. However, they have said that the first time they cut rates, the second time they cut rates and this third time. So what does the market assume will happen next time? So what they said is that they're on a sort of in a pause mode, uh, which doesn't mean that there won't cut rates. It just means that they're going to s- need to see validation from weakening data to justify a rate cut. And if we see a positive outcome on trade, potentially that could be the catalyst for no further rate cut? Yes, absolutely. So for the US, if you hear uh, Powell speak, uh, a lot of his commentary is around the uncertainty and volatility that's been caused by trade impacting US growth. And if that goes away, certainly that will help US growth which means the Fed will not see the need cut rates any further. So we've just sort of touched on equities, maybe moving on to fixed income. Like you said, we are neutral overall, but are there any overweights or underweights there for any particular reason? So in fixed income, we like the more riskier fixed income sectors. So we like high yield debt. There's US high yield companies and we like emerging market debt. We feel the compensation that you get from the extra yield in both high yield and emerging market debt compensates for the risk slightly extra risk you get from owning them and from our perspective you know we are in an environment where uh, most of our returns are likely to be likely to be coming from income and yield rather than price appreciation we've already seen a lot of that happening so markets are going to be range bound and we want to be relying more on income to generate returns perfect well unless there's anything further that you think is worth adding so one final point to note is that we did see the UK Rate Setting Committee meeting today, the MPC, and for the first time, first time in a long time, we've seen the vote not unanimous. It was a 7-2 to two vote to retain rates where they are, but for the first time, as some dissenters believing that actually we should be cutting rates already. Mark Carney has noted that the risks are to the downside, especially in the light of Brexit, but for the moment, retaining rates, it's very much a watch the space, and we'll have to see what happens on the Brexit front. Well, lots of uncertainty to continue from the sounds of it. Anyway, on on that note, thank you both for joining this month and we will speak next month. Thanks, Amy. Thank you.